Previously on Wormwood, with Dr. Xander Crow's vision of a drowned woman come true, the town gathered for the funeral of Emily Saunders. Tonight, Dr. Crow, determined to understand his role in this mystery, will begin to fear that he may be in over his head, and that Wormwood just might be a place of true horror. Dr. Xander Crow down the dark pathways of the occult, and he was transformed. Now, chasing the vision of a dead woman, Dr. Crow finds himself in the haunted town of Wormwood, where evil lurks in the shadows and stains the souls of its inhabitants. Welcome to Wormwood. Episode 11, The Wayward, written by Jeremy Rogers. It's interesting to note that the Arctic char is not an indigenous fish to North American freshwater bodies, but of European glacial lakes, most commonly those found in Scandinavia. Yet, here we are dropping baited lines into Griffin Lake, and already with a few nibbles from our gastro-combative friends. Peculiar, no? Someone has purposely bred this particular variation of trout into these waters, taking advantage of the deep well of frigid streams that funnel in from the cave system cross-hatched beneath the town. Uh-huh. Say, Dr. Crow, can you help me with my... There's a certain mystery at hand, I can sense it, but why would someone go to all the trouble, and why the Arctic char? Questions abound, Jimmy Details. Yeah, I don't know. Dr. Crow, hey, can I... More questions than answers this early in our game. Did you know that Wormwood suffered an outbreak of the Scandinavian housewives' disease back in the early 1980s? Abdominal distension, flatulence, cramping, diarrhea, all of the ill pleasantries of the foul buggers wedged away in the viscera of the Arctic char. Flarvy. Nastier than any demonic scourge. Dr. Crow? Listen, Jimmy, as a point of elimination, I must ask, you wouldn't happen to be a tapeworm by any chance? Well, only if a tapeworm could rock. Indeed! I can't get my bait to stick on the hook. It keeps moving around. Ah, well, see, you've inadvertently broken its neck, which in turn has caused the thing to spasm. Quite challenging to hold onto a hook in such a state, even with the nimble fingers of a guitarist. Uh, forget it. I can't do it. Nonsense, Jimmy. Never be afraid to penetrate something to near death. Here, let me show you. What's the point, Dr. Crow? You've already shown me like 665 times. Well, you're just going to have to allow for one more demonstration. That's what you always say. Jimmy, if you would be so kind as to hand me a fresh lure, that brindle one looks rather fetching, now doesn't it? This one's cute. Quite. Now, watch closely. You want to hook it gently, delicately part the fur with your fingers and locate the membrane around its hindquarters. Yes, that's the right bit right there. And then ever so tenderly... Beat your line. Dude, that's awesome. His tentacles are like all a flutter now. Perfect for hooking us some lunch. Here you go, son. Thanks. 
Uh, say, Dr. Crow, now that you found your dead woman, you're not going to be hauling ass out of Wormwood, are you? How many times do I have to tell you that I've had enough of the formalities? I'm not your doctor now, am I? Holy brimstone and crap, Dr. Crow, I got something, something strong. This is the one! Don't let her get away! Now, careful, Jimmy, careful, careful! Steady! Let the hook sink in. Good, good boy, you've got her, my good boy! Reel her in! Oh my god, that's a, that, that's an arm! It's not just an arm, it's an entire body. Bloated and fed upon Jimmy. Reach down and lift the face out of the water. We need to know who this is. It's, it's Emily Saunders. Jimmy, something isn't right here. <gasps> hurry. You have to hurry, Jimmy. You have to get the doctor to the house. Bitch, I miss my apology class again. Well, no time for waffles and cartoons. That's nothing compared to the bud when Rachel comes home and finds her dismembered head sitting on her bed, Margaret. Dexter! You looked different, and you scared me. I'm sorry, Mommy. I scared you? That's why you cut me? Because I look different? Dexter, you're scaring the hell out of me, and I don't know what to do with you. I just want to play. Will you play with me, Mommy? Please? There's nobody there, Mommy. I'm sorry, Charles. I couldn't do it. I couldn't look her in the eye, not now. Not today. Peggy Nolan doesn't want to talk to us. So we knock on her door and run away, Katrina. Aren't we supposed to offer our help? That's what I thought. I know, but... We're supposed to be there for her if this is going to work. She's under so much stress, and it's perfect. And, damn you, I wanted to play with Dexter. Did you see her arm when she opened the door? She was bleeding. That's my boy. 
We did what was necessary, Charles. It's nothing to be happy about. Can't we take pride from a job well done? What if he stays like this? Good parents will understand. Good parents? This is our chance to be parents. Can we please be good parents? I made muffins like we were supposed to do. I knocked on the door. I rang the doorbell. I smiled. And now he's slipping through our fingers. What do you want me to do? I panicked. Katrina, uh, look. Do you see her? She's watching us from that upstairs window. She sees us. I don't think that's Peggy. Looks like her daughter. It looks like Rachel. Is she back? I think... But it's hard to tell. That's Rachel's bedroom upstairs, isn't it? Drive. Oh, jeez, damn it. That's not going to make things easy for us. Soon it will all be taken care of. Wormwood, I'm watching you. And now you need to show me something. Journal of Dr. Xander Crow. I've taken to the streets, keeping my heels close to the pavement, standing on Main Street of downtown Wormwood. One day after the funeral of Emily Saunders. The town is suffering, there's no doubt. But there's also a certain element that could almost come across as relieved. The butcher shop seems particularly busy today. As does the town library. Perhaps grieving in Wormwood revolves around drowning one's community sorrows with stuffed pork chops, literally. (laughs) Instead of giving me the information I need. It's none too subtle, the disdain that the town folk have for me, which doesn't take a scholar of deductive reasoning to chalk up the sensation to the incessant glaring or the mumblers in passing. I have the funny feeling that these people have fingered me as the man behind the curtain. Idiots. Another night. The town has gotten so used to not having a theater open that nobody thinks to come. I told you that we shouldn't show kid movies in the evening. It's the family image we're trying to project, Katrina. So that's why we're always having sex up here in the projection booth. Well, we are trying to conceive our own family, aren't we? This theater, a child of our own, it's all part of the plan. We have to take these steps to get what we want, considering... That I'm hollow inside? Is that it? Is that why we've turned so manipulative? It's never easy to adopt. Charles... It's time to lock things up. Let's go home and work out our plan for tomorrow. Wait. Look. There's still someone down in the theater. Yeah, it looks like Jonesy. He's probably asleep. I'll go down and wake him. Kick our best customer to the curb. Business will get better, Charles. Jonesy, is that you? Katrina, I don't see him. Did he get up and leave? Wait, uh, the back exit is open. I think he went out into the alley. Hold on, I'll just close the door. Good night, Jonesy. Ah! 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 
coffee pot's off, hon. Mm-hmm. The diner's calling it a day so soon. Miss, don't you dare tell me it's midnight. You make me worry about my sense of time. Make me paranoid that it might be diseased. Well, then you should get that looked at. It's midnight. Time for me to lock the place up. Yeah, <laughs> and just when I was about to bother you for one more cup. I can't get enough, you know. You make it so good. I've never had so many compliments for the freeze-dried junk in a can. It's been all night with you. <laughs> I must be the fool. Hmm. Been on the road long, have you? Drinking day-old burnt coffee from dirty gas stations for too long will dull anybody's palate. How did you know? <laughs> yes, uh, just passing through and just had to pause for a moment when I stumbled upon the funeral. Hmm. That's where I've seen your face before. Yesterday. Uh, a funeral in a small town is something special to become a part of. You know, the way the main street becomes deserted. The way tears and pain linger about the tree-lined neighborhoods. Uh, uh, death hurts more in small towns because people have the time to stop and notice and uh, to, to feel the loss and suffer the pain. Uh, I couldn't resist. Oh. Uh, you really don't recognize me, do you? No, I do. Now... You look different, but I know who you are. Yeah, good. It's been driving me mad. Does she know? Has she forgotten? Each time you refill my cup, I'd watch you. Look for the slightest sign that you remembered me. The name's Julian Callender. Okay. Now I can get a good night of sleep knowing that. It's time for you to go, Mr. Callender. Time to go? I didn't realize that it's just the two of us. And you're wanting me to, to get out of here. Hmm. You do like to travel, though, don't you? Uh, I know, I, I've attacked you before. Hmm? Uh, somewhere along the road. Some some time ago, yes, correct? Uh, uh, was that you in the in the parking lot of the Piggly Wiggly in Greenville? I think you have me confused with someone else, Mr. Callender. Uh, did I did I rape you in Aberdeen? Sorry, and goodbye. Mm, no, 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 no. Wait a minute here. Uh, Niagara. I know, I held you at gunpoint for your purse. That was you. Don't lie to me. I wasn't planning on it. I hope my twelve dollars in deck of tarot took you far. <laughs> I know it. Uh, strange world, isn't it? Ever-changing. Things are different now. It's better. I work for an antiquities collector out of Tabo. It keeps me moving still, but, but with a purpose. Goodbye, Mr. Callender. Oh, don't, don't, don't worry, my dear. I'm not going to attack you again. I don't need to. So reassuring. The problem is that I'm not your victim, and I never have been. No, oh, we're all victims one way or another, my dear. Say, is there a, a bar in town? Maybe you and I could get a real drink and finally take the time to get to know one another? Mr. Callender, I'm going to say goodbye one last time, and then I'm going to get all upset and hurt you. Got it? Yeah, the bar in the Awatuki foothills. Are you sure we didn't have a drink and then go out back so I could attack you? <laughs> well, well, maybe you have a sister. It's been good to see you again. Hello? Oh, Brant. Oh, Brant, you don't have to be strong right now. Oh, things just happen, honey. They just do. Oh, I wish there was more mystery to it, but that's not always the case. I understand late nights are the hardest to suffer. Look, give me 30 minutes, okay, hon? I need to lock up. 
can't believe I'm mentioning this without an unfit blood alcohol level, but I want you to suffer through a web log written by the town idiot Jimmy Details. As an alternative approach to your alternative means, we might want to take a gander at what the locals have to say about the peculiar events that seem to make up the backbone of this town. Sure thing, boss. And I'm sorry, was I just telling you about my day? The girl has drowned, Sparrow. You know this. It's happened, and now I'm at a loss. Today it seems as nothing but a tragedy has occurred. You mean the townsfolk aren't running around in their pagan gear, slaughtering lambs in the streets in celebration of their dead first-grade teacher? They're mourning? <gasps> Imagine that. Cute, but Sparrow, I'm not sensing anything, Anna. And I know that I should be. Well, I've read that blog, Xander, and I stopped reading it when I got to the post on the town outbreak of tapeworms as a result of undercooked fish. There's only so much text on feces I can endure before I have to demand a raise. And I looked in my mail. There was no check from you. Rents due. Fine, then pay yourself. You write all the checks from my account anyway. Funds are low. As I was trying to tell you before, you cut me off. You haven't earned any money in months, being so wrapped up in Amanda Marino. And sorry, but I can't imagine the Don expensing your services. It was paid half up front, wasn't it? That's how you got to Wormwood, where you're on to the subject of a brand new troubled girl. Xander, it's going to go nowhere but bad. Oh, and you're technically unemployed. It's not about the money, it's about the importance of it all. You are a bad, bad man. Thank you, Sparrow. The check's in the mail, okay? Now... I'm going to attempt to break into the cold turkey and procure a bottle of whiskey from the brutally sacrificed bartender. I'm sure he won't mind, and I'm sure I can finesse my way around the landscape that's fallen loose from the door and is now flapping in the night breeze. I stand correct. Sparrow, don't worry about your rent. We'll figure something out. Sure. We always do. Besides, do you have any idea how long it takes to evict someone? Sparrow? Whiskey. Oh, this mud. Still wet. Well, that hole torn through the roof added with this town's penchant for storms, which I must say is coming to the point that it's almost comical, strips away anything interesting here. Bartender Steve. This town just isn't the same without you. But you'll make do, won't you? Just like everyone else. What the hell? You're stealing from me now. I was just about to place some money under the counter. You are bartender Steve's daughter. Why on earth are you sitting alone in the dark in such a horrible mess? You shouldn't be here, child. You should... Wait, question. Why aren't you clothed? Just go away. Now, why would I want to do that? People generally frequent bars as much for the conversation as the hope for Corsicals. I just want to be left alone. It's never been a problem before, so what's changed? Your name is Lamora. Well, I have to say, Lamora, that you've calmed down rather well since yesterday. Funerals are fun, aren't they? Don't get so close. I want to talk. I might be able to help. I don't need your help with anything. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing anyone can do. Lamora, I don't believe that your father was murdered by human hands. 
My name is Dr. Xander Crow. I don't care. I came to town seeking Emily Saunders before she drowned. I don't know why, but something has drawn me here for that reason. Did I arrive too early? I just don't know. You didn't use your time well. On the contrary, Lamora, I've had time to see things, to hear of tales in your particular case, the one about the muddy man. And I wonder if by arriving here early, if I was really meant to prevent the drowning, or if perhaps I happened to find my way here to be a part of something else. Maybe it was to drink. Would you like one? I'm 18. So be it. Now, it's strange to have death dealt by the supernatural hands of mud creatures, isn't it? Well, it is where I come from, Los Angeles. Not much rain there. It was the muddy man. I was here, in the back office, asleep. Yes, I do believe it was your local creature. And isn't it fascinating that you have one? Makes me giddy. Why don't you just go away, please? I'm doing you a favor, because if anyone in town sees you here, they'll assume that you and I got it on. Good point. I don't need the additional spite. But I assure you that my days of prowling for the grieving have long since passed. Don't worry about me, my dear. Don't worry. I don't. Good. So let me ask you something. Bartender Steve, I mean to say your father, the bartender, was in possession of something called the Hilled Relic. You wouldn't happen to know what that is. Stepfather. And... Well, don't be afraid to look. It's the only thing I have on. Ah, yes. Took me a while to find it in all of the mud and blood and broken glass. And Dr. Menno missed collecting three of Steve's fingers from the mess. That was nice. And you came back for the relic, did you? I came back because this is my place now. I see it's just a little rock from the quarry. It's not worth anything, if that's what you're after. It might be worth more than you know. Really? Is that why you're touching me, Doctor? What is this on the side of your stomach, this slender lump? Mm. My mother used to say that it was a tapeworm that made its home inside me. She told me that it liked its house so much that nobody could ever get it to move. And when Dr. Mena said it was nothing to worry about, we all just forgot about it. Did he really dismiss such a peculiar bulge in your flesh? I was young. I don't remember. But that's what I was told. Do you mind if I take off my glove? I want you to. It runs from your side, beneath your navel, and down to your inner thigh. A swirling tendril leading a path from your waist down between your legs. It's a stunning course pulsating from the deep flesh of your body, Lamora. It's never been this sensitive before. It feels good when you touch it with that hand. It moves! I know. It was responding to you. Come on, you don't have to stop. This is not a tapeworm, Lamora. It's something older than that. I have to call my assistant. Don't, don't be afraid. I should have been afraid as soon as I found this town. I'll tell everyone that you groped me. That's all you guys do is find ways to molest me. All of you. Steve was the only one who treated me with kindness. And look what happened. Come back here and 
finish what you started, Dr. Crow. Shut up. Somebody outside the bar. Just outside the door. Steve Haskell was murdered. Yes. I managed to chat up the local doctor at a funeral yesterday. No, not the funeral for Mr. Haskell, some chick. It doesn't seem that the relic was collected from the scene. It might be at the bar. If it's here, I'll find it, Mr. Bessier. Hello? Is anyone in here? Xander? Hello? Are you going to say anything, or did you dial me from your pants again? Dr. Crow. Hello? Xander? Dr. Crow? Who are you in here with? What's her name? Get out of my bar. This is Steve Haskell's bar. I'm a friend of his. The name's Julian Callender. Steve is dead. Yes, I, I know. And I'm here to collect something from him. Complete a transaction he was in the process of making before he was torn apart. A, a relic. What's going on, Xander? Dr. Crow. It's time for us to talk. He's got a knife. Xander! What is it? It's... <laughs> I'll call you back. I've just gutted a man with a shard of wood and I need to make sure that he's dead. I think you're right, Sparrow. I am a bad, bad man. To be continued on the next episode of Wormwood. Featuring the talented cast of Season 1 regular and supporting roles. Arthur Russell as Dr. Xander Crow, Sonia Parozzi as Rachel Nolan and Sparrow. Scott Olenek as Jacob Kidder. Coralie Nickars as Emily Saunders, Deidre Frost, and Margaret Roosevelt. Joe J. Thomas as Hank Mason, Phineas Tibbert, Bob Gildenstern, Mr. Bressier, and your announcer, Rob Grindlinger as Sheriff Tom Bradley, Steve Haskell, Cedric Bloomington, and Julian Callender. Peter Dirksen as Jimmy Details, Jonesy, and Harlan Panic. Zachary Fawkes as Charles Edison, Brent Saunders, and Reginald Bloomington. Cheyenne Besides as Katrina Edison, Lamora Haskell, Emily Bloomington, and Sister George. Anna Maganini as Lynette Bradley and Peggy Nolan. Andrew Ramirez as Dexter Nolan and young Cedric Bloomington. Dave Johnston as Deputy Wayne Drexel and Jonathan Kidder. And Chris Blaylock as Dr. Pete Menno. Additional voices provided by the talented cast. Staff writers, Jeremiah Allen, Rob Alsbaugh, Tiffany K. Whitney, and Rick Beta. Executive producers, David Acampo and Jeremy Rogers. Original music compositions by Todd Hodges. Sound effects engineered by Chris Sahakian. Copyright 2007, Habit Forming Films, LLC. Wormwood is a serialized podcast and cannot be distributed in part or whole outside of the podcast format without written consent from the creators. For more information on the cast and writers and individual episode credits, visit www.wormwoodshow.com. Thank you for listening, and welcome to town. Are you sure we didn't have a drink and then go out back so I could attack you? 
<laughs> well, well, maybe you have a sister. <laughs>